Well, hopefully, as uh, we've been going through this message series uh, called Caleb Quest, uh, and you've been thinking about the idea of dreams and maybe the role that they have for you in this season in life that God has given you. I know it's caused me to rethink a little bit about the dreams that, um, that I've, I've carried with me for a long time, uh, dreams that are actually part of the reason why I'm up here in front of you. Uh, and I've thought about um, how over the course of time uh, those dreams either stick with you or they fade away. And uh, in my case, uh, uh, my dream has been uh, that I'm, I'm involved in leadership in a church where I can help people to learn who God is, uh, learn to love him and to know him, uh, to be equipped in his word and to uh, grow in confidence in, in our ability, each of us, to, um, to, to walk out whatever life it is that God's uniquely calling each of us to walk out while we're here on earth. And I know everyone's calling is different. And um, sometimes uh, that dream, uh, because it involves so many people, uh, it's hard to see uh, it come to fulfillment in ways that I would, you know, just envision if I were in complete control of everything. But the fact of the matter is, the one thing I know about the dream God has given me, it is a dream that uh, is from him. It is uh, perhaps uh, activated by him, and it is orchestrated by him. And my job really is to just be faithful to the process. And I, I'm getting more and more comfortable with that over time. But I always like to control the outcome of things. If you've ever had a, a vision to do something and you bring it to completion, you always feel pretty good when you look back and you say, I, I did that. I made that. And, um, you know, you've heard me talk about uh, building a deck on the back of our house. It was kind of a vision that um, <laughs> my, my wife had. And uh, so I became uh, the hands and feet and so forth for, for that and took a lot of pleasure in it. And it's nice to, to finally put the last uh, piece on it. And that was a gate that I had to make. And I made it about a month ago. And I could finally just say, I'm done. I, I did that. I made it. Uh, but I also know it was by the grace of God that it happened. And my wife didn't divorce me in the process. And she actually gave approval for it. Uh, so that's a small dream, but it's not necessarily a huge God dream unless it's something that's used for his purpose. And the larger dream of helping you and uh, anyone that God calls to be a part of First Christian Church grow, grow closer to the Lord and uh, grow uh, deeper in your understanding of his purpose for your life. Um, that can happen on a, on a deck. It can happen in a church. It can happen in, in your home. Uh, any, any places that uh, God says people can gather, I can fulfill what I need to fulfill. Now, for each of us, uh, maybe as we've been going through this series, you've revisited a, a dream that maybe you've had for a long time and it hasn't quite come to fruition. Or maybe God's been just expanding on something that he's been doing in your life. And uh, this has helped you to get focused. Um, and I don't know what the case may be. Um, if it involves things... It's a little easier, but if it involves people, it's, it can be pretty messy. Now, one of the, one of the things, um, uh, as I was talk, talking to my wife about this, uh, that, that she had as, as, um, as one of her aspirations, uh, she was talking to a friend, and uh, they were talking about how they had career goals, and they wanted to accomplish certain things and equip themselves for their career. And uh, she said, you know, my biggest, my biggest dream is really just to, been, to be a mom and to hopefully do it well. 
And uh, we are at a stage in life where the degree of influence that we have on, on, on at least two of our kids right now is diminishing significantly because they're getting to a place where they're going out on their own. And um, we are constantly thinking, you know, did, did, did we realize that dream that we had for uh, the two that are on their way? And are we realizing the dream that we have for the one who's still in the, uh, in the, uh, he's, he's still in the, in the garage, so to speak, waiting to go out? And um, time will truly tell. Uh, and we all have that sense, if we've had children, that our dream is that they would do well, they would have a good life, they could find their purpose, and they could discover joy in that. And we want to provide uh, the capabilities that are necessary for that. And I don't think that that's too far off the mark when God is looking at you and I. He's saying to each of us, um, I, I truly love you where you're at. No question about it. That's the reason why my son died. But my goal is to bless you richly in the process so that you can be a blessing for other people and you can know the fullness of my joy. However, like anything, it involves cooperation. And for some of us, God's dream for us is to walk into uh, a fuller sense of Christ-likeness. But maybe for some of us, the dream is sort of stalled and it hasn't come to fulfillment. And maybe your walk isn't evolving like you had hoped that it would evolve. And perhaps the reason why you're stuck is because there are things that are keeping it from happening that maybe involve you or involve the things that God may be doing in the background of your life. And with that said, uh, that truly was the case for Caleb. He had a dream, and if you've been following the story, you know it's been to go into the promised land and to establish uh, really a, a, a place where uh, in that environment people could thrive. Uh, they could conduct all of their agricultural um, uh, uh, exploits, and they could raise families, and they could know the joy of community. And, and Caleb's vision was to go into the promised land, uh, basically... Um, uh, drive out all of the, 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 the very pagan behavior that is happening there, and then to create a space. And he had that desire burning in him the day that they walked back from their 40 days in, the, in, the, in that place that was going to become the promised land, and he was ready to take action. But for some reason, it took 40 years for that dream to come true. And if you've read the story or you've been following with us, you know that Caleb's shortcomings in realizing his dream uh, had a lot to do with things that God needed to do with other people and himself. And in his case, it was the disappointment that God had for all the people that he called up out of Egypt and their lack of willingness and their grumbling and complaining to uh, continue on with God's plan for their life. And God said, you know, as long as they are indifferent to my purposes or even counter to my purposes, I can never bless them. I love these people. I called them out of Egypt. I made them my own people. But I can't bless them with the riches that I have in store for them if they're not obedient. If they're not willing to follow my plan for their lives. And perhaps... We could insert ourselves into that. Or perhaps we could look at our 
our lives and compare it to Caleb and say God is wanting to do something, but it's, it involves a lot of moving parts and other people, and it's not yet time for fulfillment. So I'd just like to, with that set up, I would like to look at um, this dream that Caleb had being fulfilled in the fullness of time, and maybe dreams that you've had that are still in the development process or waiting to be realized in the fullness of their time as they relate to God's purpose for each of our lives. Uh, so in your message notes on the, uh, on the front page here, there are just a couple of references that uh, touch on uh, the dilemma that uh, Caleb was, was, uh, was dealing with. And, and this really uh, underscores part of the problem for the lack of fulfillment of Caleb's dream. And that is when the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. And after Moses sent them and they came back, that's when things started to go downhill. And as uh, they reported on the number of uh, uh, obstacles that would, that would get in the way for God's promise to be realized for them, and how disheartened they were and how they poisoned everybody else around them uh, with this lack of faith and trust that God could make it happen. Caleb, on the other hand, went against the crowd and he said, no, no. If it's a God-sized dream, it doesn't matter what's in, what, what's in front of us in terms of an obstacle. If God's given us this dream, he's going to make it happen. Because we know that God is not a God of just the possible. God is a God of the impossible. And I'd like to just ponder that for a second because each of us, as we think about a God-sized dream, usually there's, a, there's an element of impossibility associated with it. I mean, for me to, to absurdly think that in my role I could have some influence on people that would change they're thinking about how they view their own lives. They're thinking about their relationship with God. And for introverted people like myself, uh, who may be a little bit socially shy at times, change their thinking about involving themselves in other people's lives, uh, like I have, to the degree that they start to influence those situations. All of these things have impossibility written all over them, unless God is part of the equation. And that's where my confidence lies as a pastor. That's where Caleb's confidence would lie, in this case, in God, in in, in fulfilling this dream that he had. And the upshot of this is, you know, Caleb wanted to do it, and he wanted to do it right then and there. And yet God said, no, you've made some plans, but you're going to have to wait for me to direct the path. And what I just told you is just an echo from Proverbs 16.9. And it's one that um, sticks in my mind a lot. Uh, It has a lot of influence in how I do what I do as a pastor. I I make plans because that's my responsibility. But I do know that in in, in in the course of any given day, God is putting things or impressing things upon me or he's putting situations in front of me that require me to respond to how he's allowing the day to unfold. And uh, he's the one who determines our steps. And sometimes um, when you do the math, you think, I've got this vision to do something, and it's just going to be three easy steps to get it done. And so turn your message notes over 
And if, you, if you're like any project, uh, it says, um, what I discovered, I mentioned uh, the deck that my, my wife envisioned that I was in the process of helping to build. And I'm thinking, uh, well, the original, the original vision went like this. Your son is going to be having a graduation party in about a month. Can you build a deck so that they can have it? Well, I'm torn with a dilemma because I'm thinking, sure, I can do something, but I don't know if it's going to be up to, up to full speed uh, in that amount of time. It's, it's going to be pretty rudimentary. But then I also know that if it's pretty rudimentary, my wife is not going to be happy. And I also know that happy wife equals happy life. And so here I am facing this whole dilemma of how can I do what she's requested in that amount of time. And I got to thinking, well, we can do it in three easy steps, figuratively speaking. You all know that it took me two years to finish this project, right? Okay, and if we're really doing the math, I put the gate on uh, last month, so that's been two and a half years. Uh, you know, my son is heading into his junior year in college, and um, I'm thinking, where did the time go? And I believe that that's just a, a, a reality check for all of us, that when we do things that are big and that we think that as we do the math, they won't take too long, chances are, instead of three easy steps, it's going to be more like 10 or 20. And I console myself with that thought. And what it does is it helps me to be patient and to think perhaps more deliberately about what needs to be accomplished and then to attend to the details accordingly. Because I'm a pretty impatient person sometimes. When I, when I get an idea in my head, I, I want to see it done yesterday. And if, uh, if you're like me, um, God may be saying, yeah, <laughs> you didn't exactly pray for patience there, but I'll take that as a prayer, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it take longer than you, you originally thought. Um, you do understand what I mean by that, don't you? Have you ever prayed for patience? You know then, don't say no more, right? Let's move on. There are four reason wa reasons why it takes longer than we think. And uh, as I just reflect on Caleb's situation, I think it's really, it's indicative of what you and I face. Anytime we want to see something change in us, or we want to see something change around us. You may be stuck right now, and if you are, I would bet that one of these four reasons are in play in the process. And so let's take a look at them as uh, we just remember what God, God's doing uh, in, in our lives and, uh, and how, um, how he's allowing things to come to fulfillment. Here's what I think in light of what Caleb was going through and just taking the army to the promised land and making it happen. And God stalling for 40 years. And how difficult do you think it was for a 40-year-old man in his prime who knew that if he was activated to fulfill what he had been called to do at that point in his life, all of his wisdom, all of his youthful energy would be in play. And yet God said, wait. It is the right idea, but it is the wrong time. 
You ever pray to God and ask for something, and I, I, I know oftentimes it's yes, or it's no, or it's wait. And typically when he says wait, it is because it is the right prayer, but it's the wrong time. And for God, there has to be a combination of both in order for it to be what it needs to be. And um, you and I know we can get the cart before the horse sometimes. And for Caleb, God, you know, he loved his dream and, um, and, and wanted to see that agenda realized. However, there were some other things that he needed to take care of first before Caleb could get the job done that he was called to do. And if you know the story, 40 years was what the Bible said God required for this generation to just die. So that whenever they went into the promised land, there wouldn't be grumbling, there wouldn't be, they, they would get off uh, on a good start because everybody there would say, yeah, we're really glad we're here. And God said, I can't do that with those guys. They just don't get it. You know, and as I was thinking about this, I, I couldn't help but think, what if, what if that wilderness generation came to their senses and they said, you know what, God, we've really been, we've really not been smart about this. We should have thought about the fact that you brought us up out of Egypt. We should have thought about the fact that you took us across that, um, that body of water as you parted it. And we should have thought about the fact that you destroyed Pharaoh's army as the water collapsed in on them as they followed us through that. And we should have thought about the fact that when we were hungry, you provided food. And we should have thought about the fact that when you saw us thirsty, you gave us water. And on and on. And I know as I'm thinking about that, if they had just realized that God has a pattern of interaction with our lives that shows his faithfulness constantly, that shows his provision um, is ongoing, and that he is completely and totally trustworthy. And I can't help but think that in the course of that 40 years, if they began to reconsider, that God would have said, yeah, you can go too. I, I, I honestly believe that. But I also know that God saw enough of the hardness of their hearts and their unwillingness to open up to the things that he had for them that he, he understood it was a losing proposition. And I don't know about you, but I never want to be in that place where I've allowed my sin to harden my heart over time that I lose my sensitivity to the things that he says. And I, I've had my bouts with sin just like anybody else. And every time I have, I know it's, it's, it's just basically pulled me away from God. And I know that God has sort of pulled away himself. And I know that whenever that sin is in play, God is saying it's just time to push the pause button on the dream. And in Caleb's case, he had to push the pause button, not because of anything Caleb did, but because other parties involved in this enterprise were just not getting it. 
And sometimes things in our lives don't happen because God says, I've got to work on some people over here in your world because they, 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 need, they need in their own place to get their act together as well. I've been that person who's waited on other people and I've been that person who's needed to get their act together. And either way, God's saying, I just want you to wake up to my purposes again and get in tune. Wasn't it cool this week uh, to watch Michael Phelps? I don't know if you watched that or not. I don't know if you heard about it. He's an Olympian, swimmer, pretty good. I don't know if you follow that drama or not. But, you know, it was, for me it was pretty cool to review his story a little bit last week. How he had really taken this nosedive in his own personal trajectory after he had went through the last Olympic experience and he just felt like his life had no purpose or meaning and he was curled up in a fetal position and uh, really, really thinking seriously about suicide. And how at a very timely moment, uh, a, a Christian named Ray Lewis just felt that prompting by God to give him a call and say, you need to tell him to wake up. And he did, and then all of a sudden, you see, I don't know if you saw, if you could compare the two Olympics, but in the, first, in, in the last Olympic round that Michael Phelps went through, it was just sort of like he's going through the motions. Yeah, I've been there, done that, and you know the feeling. You've gone through the motions, you've been there, you've done that, you're tired, the vision just isn't what it was, and you don't have the drive anymore. Yeah, you got it done, but, but now, wasn't it interesting to see how none of that was in play it was all heart. It, he was, his head was in the game. And there was a different spirit about it. And I just want to move on to the next point as I, as I keep that thought sort of in our head. And the second thing that God may be doing, he may be giving you time to prepare for what your dream come true will require of you. And if you recall, that experience that he had, that dark valley, was 2014. And it was, in the, um, it was in the time span of a couple of years that God said, you know, my, my dream for you is for you to fulfill your goal as an Olympian. But it's also even beyond that. It's for you to understand your purpose in life in the calling that I've given you uniquely. And I want you to get in tune with that. And what was so cool about how that two-year span of him just getting his head back in the game and figuring out his purpose, that when it came time for him to do, uh, uh, what was it, the, um, the, 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 the um, getting, getting him a little bit confused, uh, the, the medley that he had, or, or the, um, the, um, the, the 100 meter run that he had, um, how in what, what I would say in the fulfillment of an interesting purpose, he gets second, along with two of his biggest rivals, and the kid that he had influenced as a young man ended up winning the whole thing. And if you know that story, um, it's pretty fascinating, the perspective that he had regarding the outcome of that event. It wasn't, oh, I can't believe I got beat out by some punk from Singapore. You didn't see that body language or that, that response, did you? You saw him go up and, and give him a great big hug and just, it was like there was just pride in that moment.
because here was somebody that he could influence where he became greater and he himself became lesser. And in order to understand that, he had to go through the things that he had to go through in order to appreciate the significance of purpose. And maybe God's doing that before the dream gets fulfilled. And I don't know about you, but as um, I'm thinking about stuff that I hope and wish God would do, I get, I get a little frustrated. And yet, I have to check myself and say, I also have to believe you're preparing stuff so that when the time is right, you'll do what needs to be done. So let's move on to number three. Number three is, God may be waiting for you to show more passion for the little thing he's already given you before he gives you something bigger. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew 26. And the chapter really does, uh, does, does, hits on the topic repeatedly about those who are faithful in little things will, will naturally be trusted to be faithful with bigger things. And God in each of our lives is saying, I'm giving you opportunity to show that you're faithful, that you're responsible, that you're doing what you need to do with what I've given you. Because his vision is, is really, it wants to expand on that. And I, I remember hearing the story about, uh, the preachers are interesting, there's all kinds of us. Um, some of them have a genuine gift of gab. I mean, they're very engaging, they're very fun to be around, they, they're just the life of the party. And I've known a few of those in the course of my time as a pastor, and especially when I was going to school, and I, I can remember them saying, you know, I can't wait to be in a, in a big church. And you're thinking, you know, you probably have, you have the personality. You're just a magnetic type of person. But then finding out as time went on that uh, God really didn't expand uh, their, their, their presence in a, in a preaching environment. And what became obvious was God was saying, yeah, you have a good gift for interacting with people, but you have no discipline. You're not working and attending to the things that you need to attend to in order to be responsible for just the few people that you have. And I've seen that enough in the experience I've had with personalities like that that I know it's true. But it's also a cautionary tale for someone like myself. If God's given me a responsibility for what I have, then I have to be responsible to the degree that I, I fully can be if he expects to expand on that. And I think I mentioned to you a dream I had of just being influential in this way. It's not because of me. I'm not interested. Honestly, I, 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 I don't want to be like the guy who's out front, who's on the cover of a magazine or on TV or anything like that. I want to be the guy that's, you know, in the background. I don't have any aspirations to, to, to make my name great. But I do have aspirations to see the influence of the gospel expand as much as it possibly can because the thing that drives me is the pain that I see in the world because God is disconnected from situations and lives 
And that pain drives me to want to share the love and compassion and the purpose of God to people that do not see it. And God says, that's great, that's great. But if you're not being faithful with the little stuff that I've given you, there's no way that I'm going to scale that up on any, on any level unless until you get that under, uh, until you get that into a manageable place. And Caleb was trying to um, basically take just a few people because there weren't a lot of people at that point who were willing to go into the promised land. And he just wanted to um, go in there and kick some backside and take some names. But if he were to rally the troops, there would only be just a handful of, of people to go. And God's just shaking his head. He's like, Caleb, I get that you're ready. But from my point of view, you are not ready. You've got a lot of work to do yourself. You've got to take this next generation of people and you've got to sell them on the vision for why this is important. And then you have to equip and then you have to train and then you've got to show them that when the time is right, it is going to be on and they're going to be part of something fantastic as uh, God's promises come to realization through the conquering of the, of the promised land. And I think Caleb stood, stood back. And you would think over 40 years, he would just get despondent. But no... He trusted God and he said, right vision, wrong time. God's going to show us when the time is right. And when it is, we want to be as ready as we can be. And God may be waiting to show us something that, um, that we're doing. And, uh, and, and, and he may be saying, you need to work on what you have right now to expand on it. Here's the last thing. And this is the hardest part. Of, and, and, and the most painful part of any dream coming to realization. And that's this. God may be waiting for you to deal with something in your own life. And the thing that may be putting the brakes on your situation is just something that you still need to get a handle on. It could be anger. And it could be how you manage frustrations in light of the people around you. And God says, I, I can't move you forward until I get you turned around on this. Um, another area may be alcohol, which is pretty interesting because you know, the Bible doesn't say you can't drink. It just says don't get drunk. And so a lot of people take that to mean that they can just have a little bit. But what God sees is something a little bit different. He says, I, I sure, certainly want you to use wisdom in this regard. But wisdom may tell you that if you do it more than three or four times a week, your body goes into a, a particular cycle where, um, and, 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 and psychologically, you create a dependence. And pretty soon it evolves into self-medication. And God says, I, I can't. If you're going to depend on other sources than me for managing things that you need to medicate yourself for, which is what it evolves to a lot of times, God may be saying, you may, you may need to deal with that. And whatever it is that you feel like you have to ask God the forgiveness for the most, God may be saying, I want to move you further, but we've got to, we've got to work on this. And God wants to bless us. He loves us so much. 
But there's no way that he can bless us until we're obedient. And oftentimes the scriptures will go something like this. When you do this, God will do that. When, when, when you honor my word, God will bless you. When you abide in Christ, Christ will flow through you. And I probably need to do a message series on that at some point. Only to say that those are the four things that God is working on in, in our lives at any given time when we're working towards a dream. And for me, it's always good to have something that you're working towards. I was just thinking last night, okay, I've got three kids. Two of them are almost on their way. One of them is, he's in the queue. I'm thinking, part of me understands why you adopt children whenever that happens. Part of me understands why you don't, (laughs) because you're just tired. But part of me understands why... Their presence and your ability to influence their lives is such a gratifying thing. And when it comes to an end, it's sort of sad and you feel purposeless in that regard. But whatever the case may be, I think God is looking at each of us, no matter where we're at, whether we're, whether we're one years old, well, let me just rephrase that, whether we're like 12 to 99 God saying, if you're here, I'm keeping you here for a reason. You may never fully know the reason, but I just want you to keep your eyes on me and I'll show you over time why it is that you're here and you can walk into that dream. And maybe you're disconnected from that right now. And God's saying, I want you to begin to see me in your life like what I think happened to Michael Phelps when Ray Lewis called him and said, you need to read The Purpose Driven Life. And how that just changed his whole perspective on everything. And God is in the business of changing our whole perspective on everything when we tune into him. So here's the bottom line for the message. That is, as I'm working towards the vision of something better, I need to consider these four reasons and ask him to show me what I need to do. I had somebody tell me the other day, I have all of your sermon notes from 2012, and I refer back to them, which was kind of humbling. And I hope whatever I said in the course of that time uh, is, 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 is in alignment with God's purpose. But I, I do know that one of the reasons why I give you notes is just so you have something to reflect on. Look, they're not, they're not perfect, but I, I really try to be in tune with what I feel like God is trying to say in that moment uh, through the... The, the, the themes and the scriptures that we're processing. And I believe he can work through that. But in the meantime, my job, your job and my job, is simply be faithful to the process while I wait for it to come to pass. And that truly is the hardest part, whenever we're waiting, is to just be faithful. God may be waiting on you, And he may have been waiting for a very, very long time for you to come to that place where you begin to tune in to him. God is a very patient God. And he loves us more than we could ever imagine. And he's patient to the end. But his desire for us is to begin to reciprocate that love that we discover in him 
and then to walk into the purpose that he's made each of us to have as he's uniquely made us and called us. And that really is what Caleb's quest is all about, is just doing what God has called him to do when God calls him to do it. And right now, God may be calling you to just begin to surrender your life to his. And in the process, discover that when you do, the things that are broken in your life, the things that are out of whack in your life, he begins to work on. It's not my job to judge anything that's happening in your life. That's really God's department. My job is to help create an environment that helps God to do what he needs to do in each of our lives so that he can bear fruit.